everyone. This is Megan from the city of Fairborn, and you are listening to Rumor Has It, the podcast that is meant to be a different approach to local government and an alternative way to learn about this community and one another. We will highlight people and places, businesses, ideas, conversations, and more. This week, I am talking with Terry Atkins, who is the public works director for Fairborn. We discuss what made him come back to the city and all things plowing snow. So if you've ever wondered why your street hasn't been plowed yet, this is the podcast to listen to. So bust out your hat and gloves and here we go. Hey, Fairborn, it is Megan Howard for the second time, although you don't know that, but now you do, for the second time uh, with Terry Atkins. He is our public works director. Hey, Terry. Hi, Megan. <sighs> How are you doing? Um, hey, we're going to get good at this. <laughs> we are. Uh, so I forgot to hit record the first time we did this, and we were, we're, we're like two thirds of the way done the first time. And uh, <laughs> I looked down to see how much time we had in it. And I realized I didn't hit record. Yeah. We're, we're just trying to get really good at it. We are. So Terry fell victim of my inability to hit record. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start all over again. Um, man, that was so good the first time. Yeah. I, I think I used everything up on the first one. I'm hoping this time uh, I can do as well. You, you'll do fine. You'll do fine. Uh, so um, you were actually on our government office podcast that we did back in 2020. Uh, so for those of you who have listened to it, you might know a little bit about Terry. Uh, but for those of you who haven't listened to the government ops podcast, um, you can go listen to it. Uh, but <laughs> thinking that there are some that might not. Um, Terry, uh, can you just give us a little bit of your background, kind of who you are, why you're here, where you came from, all the good jazz. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. So I, I am a Fairborn guy through and through, um, went, you know, grew up in Fairborn, uh, graduated Fairborn high school in 1991. Uh, I left for the military, was gone for a number of years, um, ended up coming back here, settling in. Um, I was lucky enough that I got hired on with the city of Fairborn in 1997. Um, ironically, my father did 30 years with the city of Fairborn. Uh, I didn't think I would come back to Fairborn, but I did. Yeah. Um, very grateful that I made the decision and, and was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to get hired on with the city of Fairborn. Uh, you know, fast forward, now we're looking at 27 years uh, with the city, myself, um, in July. So that's it a, goes by quick. That's a long time. It is a long time. Uh, like I said the first time, that's like, <laughs> that's like over half my life. <laughs> yeah, and, and like the first time, I'll say thanks again, Megan. You're, wel you're welcome. So what what made you come back? Uh, it's home, right? Um you know, when my wife, when we decided to settle down, we came here. Um, I, you know, was working other, doing other things. Um, the opportunity came up in 97. 
Um, I applied and I started at the Parks and Rec. Um, I started out there in 1997 um, and uh, very glad that I made that decision now. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I started way back then mowing grass and weed eating and doing all those things and um, had no idea what I would end up where I am for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I think there's that's such an interesting sentiment because, you know, a lot of people, I think, leave leave Fairborn with no intention of returning. And somewhere along the way, they always kind of migrate back. Right. And, um, you know, I, I always tell people there's just something about this city and I, I can't I can't ever put my finger on it. Like, I don't I don't know what it is. Right. But there's just there's something about Fairborn that. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, as you said, it, it's home. It um, is. It, I mean, for me, it's, it's home. Um, I mean, I, Fairborn's my town, right? Yeah. I, I, I love my city growing up here. Um, you know, the, the amount of people that, you know, and, you know, they're all family, you know, whether related or not, where we all become family and, you know, spending my life in Fairborn, I, when I left, I didn't think that I would end up back here, you know, as a young man. Um, but as time goes on, and it is home. And um, I'm very glad that I made the decision to come back and settle down here and, you know, raise my son. My son graduated in 2014 from Fairborn High School. Um, I'm just very glad that I that I made that decision way back then. Yeah. Well, so are we. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. Yeah. Again, like I said earlier, you're you're like you're like a big brother uh and i've thoroughly enjoyed you know, working with you and we'll continue to do so well so i here. appreciate that <laughs> you you showed me lots of grace in the last few moments <laughs> no <laughs> we, worries we recorded for a good 25 26 minutes and i did not hit record so. yeah that was a practice run yeah you know it's good times <laughs> um so you started out in the parks and rec department mowing grass uh and then so now you're the parks or the public works director so tell me how did you get from parks and recreation mowing grass to public works director because that is that's a jump it is a jump uh yeah a, a lot happened in between there so um started in 97 at the parks department um you know i i did not quite two years in that department um, I ended up transitioning into the street um, maintenance division. Um, at that time, honestly, it was, you know, more opportunity for overtime and, right. and um, you know, and also just uh, for future growth. You know, I, I was always kind of minded that, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to have a job, but I, I want to have future growth. I want to do better for my family. And, um Made the transition to the street department, um, you know, did the blacktop, the snow removal, um, did all those good things and learned that area. Um, fast forward a couple of years after that, I had an opportunity to join the water and sewer division. Um, I ended up making a move over there. Um, after about four years, I believe, uh, I was able to take on a crew leader position in the water and sewer. Um did that for a number of years. Um, my background has always been equipment. I um, had the opportunity to move into a heavy equipment operator position. 
Um, after doing that, I started taking EPA courses for uh, water and sewer. Uh, I knew that if I wanted to progress even farther, you know, that would be my, you know, number one thing I needed to do. So I started looking at those. Um, fortunate enough, 2014, I took a foreman position in water and sewer. Did that for a number of years. Um, another opportunity came up for a superintendent role over back at the street department and equipment maintenance. Uh, was able to do that for uh, a few years. And then the public works position came up. Um, never dreamed that that would be my path, but that's where it led me. And, and here we are, you know, July will be 27 years uh, with the city of Fairborn. And, you know, in one sense, it's a blink of an eye, but, you know, on the other side of it, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a while and, um, very grateful, very fortunate to be where I'm at. When they were interviewing for the public works position and director position, and, um, you were one of the people, you know, just knowing what some of your background was and just all of those, you know, different jobs that you had had. I mean, you really were kind of one of those people that you were public works, right? Uh, I mean, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you've, you've done just about everything within the public works caption, right? I mean, right. So, I mean, it, you know, to me, it was almost a no brainer. Uh, you understand from the, the ground up what it, what it means to work within the public works uh, department and, you know, to, to manage, to manage that you understand the people you understand, um, just the, the structure you want, you know, you understand just the ins and outs of, of, of what the department is and, and what it needs to be for the community. And, um, so I was excited when, well, I appreciate that. When you were it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I'm very glad that I, <laughs> I, I, I had the opportunity and, and I became it. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I've always felt that, uh, just like any department head or anyone in any department for that matter, um, you know, public works is about our people and our staff, uh, I've worked with a lot of great people that influenced me over the years that are now gone um, and people that I worked with that are still here. Um, I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, coming up through the ranks that, you know, I, I, I'm now the old guy, but back then they were the old guy. And, um, you know, some of those individuals that kind of took me under their wing and they showed me the right way. And, you know, I, I've been told many, many times it may not be the easy way, but it's the right way. Um, but I've always been around good people and public works. We have, we just, we have a great staff, you know, across the board. Um, you know, that's a very broad stroke, you know, public works is very large. Um, but I can say that in, in all those departments, we have great people. Yeah. And so for people who may not, not know what the public works umbrella covers, you know, it covers engineering, uh, streets and uh, equipment maintenance or you know our garage right um 
and water and sewer as and and even that encompasses multiple things right um and that's i mean that's a lot it is a lot we have we have a lot of moving pieces uh you know, our motto is a city of motion and, yeah. you know, to keep, to keep that motion takes a lot of work. It does. Um, so yeah, as you said, I mean, um, you know, our engineering department, um, you know, the planning and everything that goes in there for our roadways and just everything as we grow, um, our equipment maintenance, you know, those guys are taking care of everything from a weed eater to a fire truck. You know, they're doing great things. Our, our street staff, you know, just like days like today, right? Yeah. We're, we're doing this today, but we had that snow. But, you know, those are the guys out there. Um, they're keeping our roadways opened up and, and keeping them repaired when needed. And then, as you said, water and sewer is, is definitely a very large department. You know, we have our water sewer maintenance department. Um, but then you also, you factor in, we have our wastewater plant. Uh, and then we have our water treatment plant. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Public Works is very, very large and a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. And so, you know, the reason I did bring you on, one, I mean, you're just a pretty cool guy. Well, thank uh, you. I like to have pretty cool people on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Balances out everything, you know, that I bring to it as well. Um, you know, but the one thing that, that I wanted to to try to get on, on, on here for people is it is the wintertime and... I knew that at some point this year we would have snow. Little did I know that bringing today. you on, it would be today. <laughs> uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, and But I wanted to help people understand that when we do have snow, there is a process for roads getting plowed. And because right. we get a lot of questions, we get a lot of phone calls, we get a lot of emails and messages of, you know, hey, why has my road not been plowed yet? When is it going to be plowed? Um, and so... If we can help people understand this is the process, this is, you know, what we have available, um, just maybe enlighten some folks of we're going to get to you. Right. Just be patient with us. Right. Um, so I will let you kick off that conversation. Well, and, and you're right. It is um, wintertime operations and keeping those roadways there's a lot of moving pieces to that um i'll start out by saying that you know for the city of fairborn being roughly about 15 square miles um in that 15 square miles we have you know approximately or a little over 300 lane miles um so you know if we went down and back basically every road in fairborn you know that's going to be a little over 300 miles now i wish we could just go down and back one time and that be it but you know many many times you know that's done on every road multiple times or many many times um and along with that i have eight vehicles um you know those large dump trucks that you know throw the salt got the plows on the front we have eight of them um with those eight trucks you know we have 22 bridges in fairborn still blows my mind (laughs) it's a lot of people i mean you know there there's 22 bridges in this town and you know it's it amazed me you know i didn't know there was that many um you know it's like our signals um we have signaled intersections we have 35 um so that's a lot of intersections um, you know, and, and then along with that, anywhere that we have a hill, 
Um, you know, even if that is in a plat, it may not be a, a primary roadway, but anywhere that we know we have a hill or, you know, someplace that's going to impact starting or stopping, uh, you know, we want to get to those first. Right. Um, but when we get those events, what we're looking at first is we're doing those primary roadways, you know, those main arterial, you know, roads to be able to get people north and south, east and west. And, you know, that's roughly about 25. Um, you know, some of those are Colonel Glenn, Kaufman, South Maple, North Maple, Broad Street, uh, you know, the 235. So those big roadways is where we're focusing first. Um, we want to make sure that those are opened up and those are safe. And then once we're able to complete that and we feel that they're at a point to where we can leave them for a while, then that's when we start getting into those secondary streets, you know, the plats and, you know, the the flat areas, but, you know, just where we all live, you know, right. we, we're not looking at those first. We're looking at those big ones. So, and I asked you this earlier too. So, you know, we have people who, again, they, they message us and, you know, sometimes I, I'm like, Look, I know, I, right. I know they're like, I, I would just want to tell them they're coming. You're right. And, I, but I know that's not the answer they want to hear other than, sure. I mean, I, you know, and I'll call your guys and be like, Hey, you know, so-and-so wants their house, you know, plowed, you know, right now. And, and, you know, so what, what's our, what, my, what can you tell people? My, my first response would, you know, has always been, you know, work with us. Yeah. You know, I have... You know, we just talked about all the things that we're focused on first, um, which each and every event, it's going to look very different. You know, a half inch snow was very different from a six inch snow. Sure. Um, and, and we treat it very differently. If if it's a half inch snow, you may not see a truck if you live on a flat street in a plat, you know, nowhere near a stop sign or anything. You may not see a truck with a half inch snow. Um, you know, when we start getting multiple inches or, or ice, um, you know, then we, we do change our outlook on that. You know, we want to hit everything. We want to get that, that salt and, you know, get that, that product down to help people with traction. Um, but just depending on the event and what's going on definitely changes our plan and how we're going to, you know, to attack that, you know, that situation or that event. So you start with the primary roads. Uh, and then any hills and bridges. Um, we do get a lot of questions on the cul-de-sacs. Right. So like, and I know we've had people who've said, you know, my cul-de-sac never gets uh, plowed. Right. Um, so after after those three major ones, you know, then, then what's the process? So we, we try to, you know, afterwards we try to hit every street. And there are, um, you know, me and you discussed on our first go-round, yep. um, if you live on a dead end, you live in a cul-de-sac, um, you know, those vehicles of our, you know, our plow trucks are very large. Yeah. Um, if we come into a cul-de-sac and if there's a vehicle parked along the curbway, we may not be able to get in there and really do a whole lot with that cul-de-sac. Yeah. So what we do is on a larger event when we have multiple inches of snow is that's when we start utilizing our other pieces of equipment. So we may use, you know, a wheel loader, a backhoe, a bobcat, you know, style mm -hmm. equipment to go in and clean those areas. But there again, they're going to be on kind of that tail end of, you know, cleaning everything up. Right. Um, 
me and you had talked about, um, you know, what you can do to help us. And I, I definitely, I'm not trying to jump ahead on yeah, you here, no, but, you know, moving those vehicles, if when we know that we have an event coming or we have, um, you know, any amount of precipitation that's going to come through, if you have a place to move that vehicle, right. it definitely makes our job much, much easier. We're able to clean it up the first pass through. Um, I know everyone don't have that, you know, that capability, but if you do that, that helps us significantly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have, if you have a vehicle, uh, you know, please get it off the roadways right. basically is the, the, the statement. Um, right. Again, we know not everybody has the ability to do that. They don't, not everybody has a driveway. Not everybody has, you know, a location that they can put their vehicle, but the, the goal is to get as much of the roadway cleared as possible. Right. And the plows can do that when the roadways aren't cluttered or filled with, you know, cars along the way. So that, that allows them to not have to, you know, as you said, weave in and out and, um, right. know, it just gives them the best, the best, you know, way possible. Um, so you mentioned earlier, you know, about putting down the salt. Um, and we don't always use salt. Uh, we use something else. So, yeah, so we use a mixture with the salt to, right. to help. Um, so that's basically many, many years ago, Fairborn, uh, we installed a brine um, solution. Basically, we can make our own brine solution in-house. Um, and what that is is basically, you know, the rock salt goes in a hopper, you know, water is added. Uh, as that's agitated, and it reaches uh, 23%. Um then it transfers into a holding tank. Um, so we got 23% salt, you know, 77% water, basically. Um, after so many years, we learned that if we added what they call beet heat, um, it's not beet juice, a mm -hmm. lot of people think. Um, it's, I mean, for a lack of better terms, it's basically sugar water. Um, it helps in many ways. They call that a... A super hot load or you know a treatment so we mix the brine solution with the beet heat juice at a 50 50 and what that does is as we're putting down the the road salt you know treating the roads is it kind of pre-wets the material as we're putting it down uh, which in turn does a couple things for us um, the first thing is you know with that product being a little bit wet now is it holds it to the road it's not just going to hit and bounce off right. um, so once it gets to the roadway it'll kind of stay in place a little bit better and then also it, it gives us more time and when I say that uh, by adding that solution it makes that rock salt work at lower temperatures hmm. you know just straight out rock salt you know they say once you get down below freezing you know 25, 27 degrees, straight rock salt, that's about its limit. Um, at, when we start putting the, the brine solution and the beet heat mix, now we have brought those temperatures down to, you know, just about zero degrees. It will work. Um, so it's done a lot for us to be able to utilize those um, solutions um, to add to our product as we're putting it down. Hmm. <clears throat> We didn't talk about earlier, but typically Fairborn looks at about 1,600 uh, tons of rock salt for wow. a winter. 
Um, now we've had some winters where we move, you know, we utilize more than that, but, um, thankfully the last few winters we've used nowhere even close to that. Um, but, uh, anything that we can do to make that product go farther, um, you know, the solutions that we're putting in with it compared to buying the rock salt straight out is we save a lot of money by utilizing those solutions and putting, on the rock salt versus just utilizing it by itself. So is that something that other communities use as well? They do. Do they? Um, we've had in, I know in uh, more recent years, uh, some of those communities now are, have the capability that they make those solutions. Now the beet heat, we do not make, we buy that. Okay. Um, but the brine solution for many years, we sold to other municipalities around the area because they didn't have the capability of, you know, basically making it. Um, I think most communities around the area, the larger ones anyway, uh, they have that capability now, but um, we do still help uh, a few of them out there. And if they need some brine solution, they come and, you know, they may buy a thousand gallons or 500 gallons at a time. But um, I think as an industry, we've learned that adding those products to the road salt definitely helps. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Look at that. That's being innovators in a city in motion right right look at that even, <laughs> even with our our salt and our brine solution right we're always on the forefront well it's you know just trying to make everything go as far as possible right so, um yeah I, I we wanted to we want to utilize it we want it to go as far as possible and if we can do that if we can get more with less money then you know that's the goal so, and make it safer for, for our community sure. and our families. So we've, we've kind of talked about the snow process um, and it doesn't always snow, but it's, it's usually still kind of chilly in the winter. Are there, are there other things that the community when it's cold should still be aware of? Absolutely. I mean, you know, tonight's a perfect example. You know, we've had this, um, you know, a little skiff of snow come through. The guys have done a great job. Most any road that you go look at in town is, you know, I'm not saying every street in town is, you know, wet and, you know, completely clear. But, you know, just remember that, you know, the sun when it comes up in a day is our best friend, right? It helps us, you know, tremendously to melt yeah to melt that um that snow and that ice but you know this evening when that sun starts fading away and we've all heard the black ice and you know that refreeze is going to happen um you know our guys are going to you know if it's bad enough and we have areas they're still going to be out they're going to be applying those materials um but you know we, we don't know where each and every one of those slick spots are unfortunately but um you know, number one, slow down, um, you know, take your time if you're out, uh, you know, during these events, if, you know, I, I just ask that people give our guys their space to do their job, right? Um, you know, they're, they want to do the best that they can do, and, and we're all out there doing it, you know, for all of us, all, all of our residents. We want to make the roads the best that we can. Right. So give them their room. Um on the other side of that, you know, we were talking about the cold temperatures and what that does to each and every one of us at our house yep. uh, and maybe what we can do to, you know, make sure that we don't have, you know, any issues there. Um, 
there are things that contribute on both sides. You know, if you live in a house that has a crawl space and that airs, you know, kind of like a bridge, it's able to get that air up underneath of the house. You know, we always recommend somebody just leave a faucet, you know, just barely running a little bit, you know, just a, a trickle of water. As long as you can keep that water moving, it's much harder for it to freeze. Right. Um, so, you know, those are things I, I've uh, told people in the past, if, if you're worried sometimes, you know, open up your cabinets, you know, in your kitchen and in your restroom areas and let let the heat from the house, you know, make it easier for it to get to those pipes. Just opening the doors on your cabinets, um, leaving the water trickle a little bit. Those those are all um, that would be my first two suggestions. Yep. And this is the time of year, too, when, you know, we see <laughs> Just, I hate to even mention it because I feel like if I yeah. mention it, I'm going to bring it to fruition. Um, you know, water main breaks. Right. See, I said it. So if, yeah, one happens, if one happens, you can blame me. Um, you know, but that's the reality right. um, because we have the ground, you know, getting really cold. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just like what's going to happen next week, we're going to go from right now, it's like going to be zero degrees and the ground's really cold. And then... Next week, I looked at the temperatures, and it's the possibility of getting up to 58 degrees. Right. And the ground's going to get really warm. Right. So help explain what happens to the pipes when the ground gets really cold and then gets really warm and why there is such a tendency with that shift for pipes to, to break and water main breaks to happen. So, well, you said it. So it's the shift, right? The, the ground. So it's... Not just temperature. Um, a lot of times we just, we see the same thing in the industry when uh, you come out of winter, you go into summer, and we have a really dry summer. Um, so the ground is dry. You know, it's like a sponge, so it gets really dry, so it kind of the, – the ground shrinks. It contracts. Right. Um, you go into the fall months, and you start getting rain. You start getting snow. The ground gets wet, and, you know, think of that sponge. So when all that water is now – entering back into the ground now the ground swells up again Mm. and so that movement uh in the ground is basically what causes for the most part uh your water main breaks um you know that that shift in the ground of you know contracting and expanding is uh what relates we call stress fractures in our water pipes and when that happens, you know, then that's when you see our guys out there digging holes in the roadway. Digging holes. Yeah, you know, I wish there was a way that we could insulate every road and right. and never have that problem. But you know, there's no way to do that, and it just all relates to ground movement. You know, that that swell and that contraction uh, in the ground is basically what leads to that. Yeah. So if somebody experiences something like that what what is something that they can do so the first thing i would ask anyone is you know if you see water boiling up whether it's in your yard your neighbor's yard if it's out in a street um call our dispatch center and you know just let them know what you're seeing you know i see water boiling up in the roadway or you know in my yard the neighbor's yard they will then uh contact my uh water and sewer division you know, 24 hours a day, we got guys on call, we got crews ready. They will respond to see what's going on and, um, you know, and take it from there. Yeah. And I think that's important is a lot of people don't know what to do when, you know, they see that. Um, And I'll make sure that I put uh, that number because 
It doesn't have to be the emergency emergency line. It can be just right. a non-emergency dispatch line right? Um, to call after hours. Um, yeah, and, and, and I definitely want people to know that, you know, if if it's 9 o'clock at night and you see that and you call our water and sewer department, you're— It's going to be know, closed. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to be closed. And, yeah. and, you know, there is a prompt there if it's an emergency, right. you know, and that is going to link to the non-emergency, you know, dispatch center. But if you just— if you can post those numbers, yeah. um, you know, you see anything like that, if you call that number, they will, you know, get in contact with our people. And like I said, then they'll take a look and they'll take it from there. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to bring any water main breaks to fruition here and speak them into existence. I just know the reality that. The reality is Wintertime. we're going to have them. Yeah. Um, you know, water main breaks are really year round. Like I said, it's. Um, you always relate it to the cold weather, you know, yeah. and, you know, I don't, I want people to make sure that they understand that we don't get a water main break because that water main is frozen and busted. Correct. Correct. Um, it's just from that ground movement. And that happens all year round. Um, typically you see more swell and, and contraction in the winter right. than you do in the, you know, in other parts of the year. But um, it is, from that, not actually the water line is freezing and Correct. busting. Correct. Know. Yeah. I just, I wanted to make that distinction because I, I know that, you know, before I got here, I had no idea, you know, what, what even caused that. Right. So, you know, after being, you know, educated over the last five and a half years, it's, it's, I understand it more and I understand why it really, yes, they do happen all year round, but especially during the colder months when those shifts are so drastic, right? Um, you know why it does happen, and and you're right. It is not just because the pipes freeze. No, right. that's not why it happens. Right. It's because but, of the ground swelling. And you know, I, I mean, I say that is, you know, most people we know that we turn our faucet on, and when we turn it right. off, you know, the water comes on, and it goes off, yeah. um, and there's a lot of things in between that makes that happen. Yeah. Um, but I just asked if anyone sees anything, yeah, please call the number that Megan will have up and, uh, you know, they'll get a hold of us and that way we can get out there and take care of that. Yep. One of my goals this year is to make this podcast even more educational. Yeah. So we're educating right off the bat. And, and if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I'm the first one uh, educational wise, educational wise, you are, you All are right. absolutely. All right. I'll take that. I, I win hands down. <laughs> You are the first educational person on the podcast for 2024. All right. I'll take it. Look at that. You can brag yes. staff later. Um, well, any other things that you want to specifically add? This is your, this is your shot. <clears throat> I just, yeah. I mean, everybody that listens to this again, please, you know, if you see something, let us know. Um, if you see us out there, uh, give our guys and girls, you know, make sure that you're giving them the, the room to do their job uh that way we are all safe and um you know hopefully we'll get through this uh this winter and you know maybe today will be the worst of it you know we maybe. we got a lot of winter to go but hey we can we can hope we do have a lot of winter and i'm sure that every uh child out there and right. student out there and kid out there is not agreeing with you but no no we're uh <laughs> i realized a long 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 time ago that uh you know 
most everyone else, they love to see us out there. The kids, not so much because, you know, when we're out there, they, you know, they're all hoping for those snow days and, and I get it, but, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're not the, the best friends of all the kids. Yeah, no, I, I personally love when you guys go out there because that means they go to school. <laughs> well, yeah, I see that side of it too. <laughs> I'm happy that, that they're out there. So, well, uh, I thank you for being on the podcast and joining me. Thanks for uh, having me. And educating not only myself on the 22 bridges that we have in our city. Yeah. That'll be a trivia question. I have no idea when, but we should make it a trivia question for something. Hey, we'll throw it in there somewhere. Yeah. Right. There will be a test at the end for some. Uh, right? Seriously. Right. I don't know when, but we should do that. Uh, I just got two updates uh, for everybody. A reminder uh, that, again, it's so cold outside. So cold. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but the county uh, does have a listing of warming centers uh, for those who do need it. And uh, we did post it last week on our uh, Facebook page and the county has it on their Facebook page. Um, so if you need somebody, need somebody, if you know somebody who needs uh, to go to a warming center or you want to share that information out, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, so you can have that uh, access to the information to get it to the people who need to know. Uh, and the second and last uh, update of information I have is Mayor Kirkpatrick's first Citizens Forum is on Monday, January 22nd at Fairborn High School, and it will be at 6 p.m. That's all I got. Is that all you got? That's all I got. Happy New Year. Let's have a great 24. Thanks for joining us this week on Rumor Has It. Make sure to visit us at rss.com slash podcasts slash rumor has it. Or... You can find and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We would also love it if you would give us a review or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help a ton. All right, that's it for now. We will talk with you next Wednesday. Bye.